0: Welcome to the Always Evolving Podcast. This is a podcast about living an awake, aware, conscious life. It's about recognizing that our lives are a product of the choices that we make, and the ripple effects of those choices impact our families, our communities, and the world. So let's choose wisely. Basically, if it helps to evolve us as individuals, then we will likely cover it at some point on this podcast. Because after all, we are always evolving and in all ways. I'm your host, Erica Boucher. Welcome back. Today, I want to talk about three communication skills that will immediately transform your relationships. Let's face it, the quality of our relationships are a good indicator of our quality of life. Because if we are constantly in conflict and being challenged by our relationships, The likelihood of us being happy and at peace are not very high, but the truth is very few people, almost nobody, received any kind of communication training whatsoever. Well, that's not entirely true. We learn how to read and we learn how to write, and some people in high school or in college might even take a public speaking class, but usually that's about the extent of it. Most people have no education or training on how to be a good listener. I mean a really good deep listener, or how to be a good communicator and have the skills to express ourselves in a way that other people can actually receive. So it's really no wonder relationships can be so challenging at times. It's really no wonder we find ourselves in conflicts that we don't know how to navigate our way out of. When I got my degree in communication, there was one class I felt quite sure was going to be an absolute breeze. I thought it was going to be the easiest A, and I couldn't imagine how they could have an entire semester-long course on a topic simply called listening. That's it, just listening. Turns out, that was the most fascinating and inspiring class of my entire college education. I had no idea what listening really was up to that point. And I learned that most people don't, in fact, almost nobody, receives any kind of training in listening. And yet, it is the most valuable and important communication skill we can cultivate. We spend more time listening than all other types of communication activities combined. Yet, we receive the least amount of education and training in it. The good news is, these are skills we can learn. So here are three communication skills that anybody can start practicing today that will have a dramatic effect on the quality of all of your relationships, effective immediately. First, it's important to recognize that listening is not a passive process. It takes work. It takes effort. It requires active participation. The difference between hearing and listening is that with listening, we are actually paying attention to what we are hearing. We are taking the message in. We are listening on a deep level to the entire message, not just the words that are being used. Because realize that only 7% of all communication is the actual words that are being used. The other 93% are nonverbals like body language, facial expressions, and gestures, and things like our tone of voice, inflection, and pace, and so much more. When we are genuinely listening, truly listening, we are taking all of that in. And one of the greatest gifts we can give another is the gift of feeling seen and heard and understood. Everyone wants to feel gotten, In one popular communication study, when asked what communication skills were most important in family and social settings, listening was ranked first. In that same study, when asked to identify the most important on-the-job communication skill, listening again ranked at the top of the list. But it's not just enough to say, I get it, I'm listening, I understand. Because just because you think you understand, just because you think you get it, doesn't necessarily mean you do because we tend to listen from our own perspective rather than trying to put ourselves in the other person's shoes and understand things from their perspective. That's the trick right there. That's what makes us truly great communicators. It requires us to get out of our egos and out of our assumptions about the way things should be and put ourselves in another person's shoes and try to understand their perspective on things. That's often easier said than done because our egos want to be right. It takes true humility to recognize that we don't always see things accurately and that we don't always see the full picture. This was perhaps one of the greatest gifts I received from my work with the homeless. They taught me how to be a better listener. Because if I wasn't able to truly listen without judgment and put myself in their shoes, they never would have been receptive to anything I had to say. In order for me to be effective, I had to listen to them and do my best to put myself in their shoes, or they wouldn't have been open to anything I had to offer because they would have been convinced I just didn't understand. In fact, in one survey, marital counselors identified failing to take the other's perspective when listening as one of the most frequent communication problems in the couples with whom they work. One of the most powerful skills we can learn and practice in all of our relationships, whether you're talking about intimate relationships, relationships with friends and family, or relationships with coworkers, employers, or employees, is the ability to listen with an open mind. And then the way to ensure that you have truly been listening, that you're truly getting it, is to practice something called paraphrasing. With paraphrasing, you listen deeply to what the other person is saying, again, from their perspective, and then you paraphrase using your own words what your understanding is about what you just heard, about what was just shared with you. So for example, if your husband comes home and he's talking about a difficult day he had at work, rather than trying to fix it or give advice or tell him not to be so upset about it. If instead you simply listen and ask questions that invite him to keep talking and give him your full and undivided attention eye contact, open and receptive facial expressions and body language stop doing everything else and basically give him your full presence and just listen and take in the entire message, nonverbals and all then when he's done, you can paraphrase in your own words using this formula. What I hear you saying is blank. And this is where you paraphrase in your own words what you heard him say. And it seems like you're feeling blank, or I would imagine that you might be feeling blank. And this is where you try to put yourself in his shoes and understand how that might feel. And then you ask, am I getting it? Am I understanding correctly? That gives him the opportunity to say either, no, that's not exactly it, it's more like this, and it gives him the opportunity to elaborate further, which in and of itself is a gift because you're giving him an opportunity to get some clarity and to process something that's clearly bothering him. Or he'll be able to say, yes, that's exactly right, that's exactly how I feel. And in that moment, something inside of him feels better, releases, let's go. Because he's going to feel gotten. He's not going to feel so alone, and it will likely make him feel so much closer to you in that moment. Because you're not telling him how he should be feeling, you're not telling him what he should be doing, you're not trying to fix anything, you're just listening. You're just holding the space for him. This is the greatest gift you can offer because we all have our own answers. But when we are emotionally charged around something, it's difficult to get to those answers. When we hold the space for somebody, they are able to process and move through the emotional aspect of it and get to a place of clarity for themselves. And then they aren't going to need any advice from us. So we not only are offering support and connection, but we are also empowering them because the unspoken message, the subconscious message they're receiving is that you believe in them and that you know they've got this. You can even say exactly that. Whatever someone's going through, whatever they're trying to figure out, whatever they're struggling with or processing, how empowering it is to be able to say, I can imagine how challenging that must feel, and I know you're going to do the right thing. Or I know that if you give it some time and practice deep listening, the answer is going to come to you or something that puts the power back in their lap. It's usually our egos that want to fix because we think we have the answers or we want to make things better for them because we love them, but we are actually disempowering them when we do that. There's a whole lot here and we could have a several hour conversation just on listening and paraphrasing, but practice that technique and I guarantee you not only will you get smoother and more efficient at it, but it's going to have a dramatic effect on your relationships. Just notice, just watch. The second communication skill that can transform, will transform your relationships is around conflict and conflict resolution. First, we have to start seeing conflict differently than maybe we have in the past. A lot of us, when there's a conflict in a relationship, we take that as a sign that something is wrong with the relationship. And if the same conflict keeps happening over and over again, we start to believe that the relationship is simply broken. There's just something wrong. There's this problem, and it's unfixable, and this relationship is just doomed. But I think that's because, again, we haven't really been taught about the gift of conflict in relationships. If we start to recognize conflict as a gift, there's an opportunity there there's something that's being brought to the surface so that we can learn and grow individually and in the relationship so whether this is in a relationship with your intimate partner a parent or a child a sibling a friend a coworker it doesn't matter conflict is an opportunity for growth because conflict is completely natural conflict is just a difference between ideas or opinions or perspectives And as long as there are different human beings on this planet, there are going to be different ideas and opinions and perspectives. That's part of what makes us human. And it's what is so powerful about when several humans come together, because we have so many different perspectives to pull from. There's a gift in that. Typically, when faced with conflict, we will try to approach it from one of three ways. Either we end up in a win-lose situation, meaning one person wins and the other person loses, which may be fine for the person that's getting their needs met, but not so much for the other person. And over time, that's going to start showing up as resentment, especially if the same person is the one not getting their needs met every time. Sometimes we resort to a lose-lose. That happens when our egos are so engaged and involved We cannot get out of our own ways, and nobody gets what they want or need. This was illustrated beautifully in the movie The War of the Roses with Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas. This couple started out loving each other, and over the course of 20-something years of really dysfunctional communication, their relationship started to break down and devolve, and they ended up going through a divorce. In that process, neither one of them could or would acquiesce. Neither one of them would budge an inch, and in the end, it was ultimately a lose-lose. Nobody won in that situation. It's a dark comedy, but it's a great illustration of what I'm talking about here. A more evolved approach to conflict is to find a compromise. We say, okay, wait a minute, we have a conflict here. Let's compromise. Let's figure out what we can do that will make us both happy. Give us both some of what we want. But we still both give up something of what we want. And that's good. It's certainly better than a lose-lose or win-lose, but that still leaves both parties feeling like they had to give up something. An even better conflict resolution goal to strive for is a win-win. With a win-win, we recognize that both parties have needs they're trying to get met, and we enter into the conversation and say, let's agree to discuss this until we find a solution that meets both of our needs. Because this recognizes that the other person has needs as well. And then if you go into that discussion saying, please help me understand what your needs are, like Stephen Covey used to teach in his seven habits of highly effective people, seek first to understand and only then to be understood. So again, you have to be willing to listen from their perspective right? You have to be willing to listen and paraphrase back to them your understanding of what it is that they're asking for and what it is that they need. Because once you know, if you've paraphrased it back to them in your own words and they're able to say, no, it's not exactly that, it's this, and then they clarify and you paraphrase again, and they're able to say, yes, that's exactly right. That is exactly what I'm asking for. Keep doing the paraphrasing until that's the response you get. Because then, They're going to be much more open and receptive to hear what it is that you have to say. And then when everybody gets their cards on the table and we say, okay, what you're really asking for here is you're really asking for some time because you're feeling overwhelmed and you need a little bit of time to yourself so you can decompress. And what I'm asking for is connection and affection and quality time. So let's talk about this until we find a way that we can meet both of those needs And then you become very creative problem solvers. In the end, maybe what you come to is something like this. Okay, honey, how about you schedule a date night to yourself once or even twice a week where you just get to spend time alone decompressing? Because I realize you spend so much time around so many people with your work and in your life, and you just need time alone. So why don't you carve that out for yourself, put it on the calendar, and we'll both honor that. And because I'm craving connection with my love and intimacy and romance, let's make sure that we have a date night. Let's decide that every Wednesday night and every Saturday night is going to be a date night. And that's going to be our time for us to connect with each other. That's approaching a win win. And you keep talking about it until both of you can say, All right, I think that'll work. But then you agree that you'll check back in and revisit this in a couple of weeks or a month. And make sure it's working. And if it's not, you'll continue to refine it until it does work for both of you. That's really committing to the relationship. Again, you can practice this in all of your relationships, not just an intimate one. It's going to transform your relationships. It's going to take your conflicts and turn them into opportunities. Especially if you have the same conflict and it's coming up over and over and over again, It's not because the other person is just stuck in an annoying loop. There's some need they're trying to express and communicate that's not yet being met. And they may not even be 100% clear what it is. They may not know exactly how to communicate and express what it is. But if we really practice deep listening and we do the paraphrasing and really look at things from the other person's perspective and agree to keep talking about it until we find the solution that meets both of our needs, this is going to dramatically change your relationships. I promise you it will. And finally, the third communication skill I wanna encourage you to practice and cultivate is learning how to speak your truth in a way that the other person will be capable of receiving it. Oftentimes we go into an interaction and we're telling the other person what they need to do or what they're doing wrong or how they need to change But if we make a commitment to use I language, that means we are taking full responsibility for our experience, for how we are feeling, for how we are interpreting something that was said or done. We are completely owning our experience of it. That's the difference between saying, every time you tell me you're going to call me and you don't call me back, you make me so angry. It's so disrespectful. And when you tell me you're going to call me and then I don't hear from you, I feel let down, disrespected. I feel like I'm not that important or that valuable to you. You're using I language to take responsibility for how you feel. And then ask for what you need. If you aren't going to be able to call me when you said you were going to call me, please send me a text and let me know when I should expect to hear from you. That way I'm not waiting around, not getting engaged in something, or involved in something because I think at any moment we're going to be talking. And then suddenly two hours have passed and I'm still waiting. That's taking total responsibility for your feelings and asking for what you want in a way that doesn't feel so aggressive. It doesn't feel like they're being attacked. For example, I had a friend who was chronically late. Every time we made plans, I found myself waiting for her. Sometimes she'd be an hour or more late. Ultimately, I had to let her know that when she was late, my day ended up being thrown off and I felt as if my time wasn't being respected because I put things aside in order to make time for her. I also had to ask her to please only make plans with me if she knows she's going to be able to keep those plans and be on time. Now, this shift in communication requires moving from a victim mentality, moving beyond blame and into a much more proactive place. Because when we're in a victim mentality, or when we're using reactive language, we're saying things like, you make me so angry, you are so disrespectful. But if we're opting for more proactive language and taking responsibility for how we might feel, instead we would say something like, when that happens, I feel disrespected, hurt, angry. If we stick with the I language, in other words, we are saying, this is how I feel, It makes it much easier for the other person to hear us. It doesn't feel like such an attack, and they're more likely to listen to what you have to say without getting defensive. Still, there will be some that no matter how you approach them, no matter how much I language you use and personal responsibility you take, they're still not going to listen. They're still going to get defensive. They're still going to give you pushback. Well, then in those circumstances, you will at least know you did your best to communicate effectively. And if there's a relationship that you are genuinely and sincerely working to implement all of these tools, and they still won't give you the time of day, or they still get angry and defensive and refuse to even attempt a win-win, well, that's really good information for you to have, right? It'll help put that relationship into a different perspective for you. Maybe it's just a matter of getting a little more honest with yourself about what that relationship is and accepting it for what it is, rather than trying to make it into what we want it to be, especially if the other person doesn't seem to want the same thing. I had this recently with a friend. I thought we were closer than we were. I thought we were better friends than we were, but after... Numerous times of leaving messages and sending text messages and not getting a response, I had to come to the conclusion that we weren't both seeing that relationship the same way. And it helped to put it in perspective for me. But that's another conversation for another podcast. The point is, these three communication skills will change your relationships, and you'll start to see the effects of these changes pretty quickly. As with anything, when we're first learning a new skill, it can be a little awkward. But with practice, you'll be able to work these communication techniques into your life pretty seamlessly. In the meantime, practice on a friend. Let them know what you've learned and that you're trying to practice. I promise you it will be so worth it. I've got a lot more to share on this topic of communication and relationships, but that's plenty to chew on for now. Remember, the more deft and skilled you want to be at something, the more you practice. So start practicing now. In fact, start with your very next interaction with whomever that might be and watch as your relationships start to transform before your very eyes. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Always Evolving. Please feel free to share this episode with anyone you think might appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this podcast, let me know by giving me a five-star rating and help our ranking so we can reach more people who might be inspired by our message. Until next time, remember, our lives are a product of the choices that we make. Choose wisely.